Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. First up today, I was going to press a button to get him on the phone, but he's sitting directly across <laughs> from me. I don't really have to do Live, that. Live, in studio. In studio, Marvin Ryder from the DeGroote School of Business. Glad to have you, and thanks for being here. Glad to be here. Uh, people who were watching the stock market yesterday, and if you have stocks, probably you were paying attention. You should have been paying attention. <laughs> if you don't, you were probably paying attention. It has been The stock market has been volatile for the past while, but yesterday it was a 660-point plunge uh, that's in the States. The mm-hmm. TSX was down 135 points. Now everyone is waiting to see what happens today. Of course, though, this makes a lot of people jittery when they see numbers like this. These are not the kind of numbers, especially if you are in your retirement years or <laughs> approaching those years and you need the market to be up a little bit. People get a little bit um, a little bit clinchy, a right. little bit anxious. Should they be? Well, I think yes. Uh, the short word, short answer to your question is yes. So you're absolutely right. For the month of October, the key word was volatility, then November, then December. Now we're into January and no end in sight of this roller coaster ride that the at least American stock market, Canada has moved up and down, but nowhere near to the extremes that the New York stock market has. Now, why is this going on? There's a perfect storm of factors. Let's start with the obvious one, Donald Trump. Uh, Mr. Trump tweets, and I don't think he still understands that the words of a president carry weight, and people parse those words closely. So, for instance, this was uh, just before uh, Christmas, Mr. Trump uh, mused, mused about firing the Federal Reserve Board chairman. That would be the first time in two centuries, two centuries, that the president had ever interfered in monetary policy, and that got the market really jittery. Uh, Then uh, we talk about China. Uh, He released a tweet in which he said, I just had a long conversation with the Chinese president looking good for a deal. Suddenly the market soared a thousand points because they don't want this China-U.S. trade war, war between the two biggest economic powers going on. They're in a ceasefire and they want a deal. Oh, 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 there's a deal imminent. And of course, now there's been no deal. And the Chinese president comes out and says, I don't know what he's talking about. Yes, we talked for a while. And that's what the market is. Uh, Layered over all of this, though, Scott, is a general worry about a recession. And I'm here to tell you, I don't think people should be worried about a recession, but it is true that historically... Sorry, dinner up for a sec. Are you talking Canada or the States or both? Both. Okay. Historically, in North America, the time between recessions is about 10 years. If you average it out over the last 50, 60 years, about every 10 years, and if you think back, our last recession was 2007-8. You add 10 years to that, you get 2018. Here we are. Wait a minute, this is 2019. So you've got a whole pool of, of people in the stock market just thinking, oh my gosh, you know, a recession might be imminent. There's no reason to think this, even though it's a historical average, like all averages, there's a plus or minus around it. And honestly, if I could put a lid over Canada, there's no reason to think we're creeping into any recession at all. But Mr. Trump being Mr. Trump and being so volatile himself sends these funny signals and people are worried that one of these might just send the market over the edge. And even if it doesn't, Scott, and then I'll, I'm going to let you back into the conversation. Sorry, it's one-sided. No, no, listen, I'll go have a coffee. You keep going. You're better than me at this. <laughs> um, the other thing that people are watching now that 2019 has dawned is the end of March. Mm. That's a magical thing called Brexit. We have a big vote coming up around January the 14th, I think it is, in the British House of Commons. Uh, Theresa May says she has a deal for a soft Brexit where Britain keeps many advantages of being in the European Union but gives up some control. Um, 
I don't know how that's going to play out, and everyone's quite worried about that on the global stage. So whether it's Donald Trump or or Britain or even, for that matter, some trade policy in China or what they're doing in Saudi Arabia with oil prices, all of these things could trigger a recession, but it would all happen outside of Canada, and that's why the investors are so nervous. They keep looking for the signs the sky is falling. Yesterday, and I mean, obviously all your points, well taken, but yesterday's actions seem to be predicated and precipitated by Apple announcing that their revenues were down, I think, 5% they were expecting for the last quarter. This all seemed to start anyway from one company. One company can be big, even Apple that is this big can be big enough to cause these kind of rumblings? Well, you know, uh, there are five companies that we we tend to look at that that kind of drive the the American stock market, five tech companies. So Apple, Amazon, uh, Netflix, Facebook, and uh, Google. And as their fortunes go, so go the market. So yes, you're actually right. Yesterday, Tim Cook sent out almost an unprecedented letter to shareholders to say, um, our forecast for the rest of this year is not as strong as we thought it would be for the phones. Every time we bring out a new smartphone, people rush to buy it, and they're not rushing to buy the 10X. Uh, we thought people would upgrade. They're not upgrading at the same rates. And then he layered in, of course, the China controversy and the tariffs with China and, and other markets and, and other competitors, uh, and also saying that what people are doing is they're upgrading their phones' batteries as opposed to upgrading the phones. They don't necessarily feel they need the new capabilities of the phone, especially given their cost. So, you know, when you're that big uh, and you go, wait a minute, there's a bloom is off the road on this tech. And then you also had a story yesterday about Facebook that Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, had announced, this would be two years ago, that he was going to divest a certain amount of Facebook stock. Um, Actually, in the goal of, of becoming a rather poor man by the time he dies, he actually wants to give his fortune away. But he also announced yesterday that he had ceased selling the stock. It had fallen by 20% and he wasn't going to sell it at this reduced price. Well, wait a minute. So Facebook's got some troubles and Apple's got some troubles. And everyone's been waiting to hear about Christmas news from Amazon. How was the Christmas season on Amazon? Again, nervous investors look at any little sign the sky is falling and they overread it. I don't know which way the market's going to go today, and it's very dangerous to make predictions, but it would not surprise me to see the market go up a couple hundred points in the United States, because another thing that investors do is they tend to overreact. And so the sky is falling, the sky is falling, oh, wait a minute, the sky didn't fall, buy back, buy back, buy back. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little rally today. So you threw me off. I was trying to figure out where I apply to Mark Zuckerberg to get Zuckerberg <laughs> to get some of that money that he's desperately trying well, to give joining, away. Well, he's joining. He's joining forces with people like Bill Gates and Will and Bill and uh, Buffett, Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett and, and, and I, in fact, I just read an interesting update. They just released a report, the uh, Gates Foundation, on their efforts to to cure disease in the world and what have you. And and it really is fascinating to see people using their wealth for something other than buying luxury yachts and and seven homes around the world. I, I applaud them for what they're trying to do. So if he wants to join in on that, more power to him. There are two words, though, that for all the time we've been talking so far, one was Apple caused this and one you mentioned China. Which was the bigger word in that that would have caused the jitters? Was it Apple, one of the biggest companies well, in the world? Or is it the fact that th- that Tim Cook mentioned China? <laughs> and is that the thing that gets people's No, skittish? I mean, yes- yesterday it was Apple. It, it, it would be as if like the Bank of Montreal came out and said, you know what, folks, we've uh, misestimated the... Uh, the uh, revenue market for uh, 
loans and for mortgages and we're cutting it by 10%. You go, oh my God, if the Bank of Montreal's got it wrong, what else is going on? So no, it was much more Apple. But the China situation is just a constant reminder that the United States is not an island onto itself. Donald Trump seems to think it is, that it can control the world or it, it's in char- manifest destiny, it's in charge of its own future. And it's not, it's interrelated. So you have to learn to play with the other people in the sandbox. And China is a great example of this. China, whether he likes it or not, is going to become the dominant economic power within 10 years. There's nothing he can do to stop it. So rather than antagonize them, find a way to get along with them. But this is Mr. Trump. By the way, one other thing that happened yesterday that I think also caused jitters was, of course, the Democrats took control of the House. And Nancy Pelosi said it's on, meaning that she's prepared to take on Donald Trump, even if that means impeaching him, and, and they're going to put him on a short leash. So if you think you can just go putting tariffs on, we're going to be reviewing this stuff. She's not a big fan of the Canada-U.S. free trade deal. She thinks, not that it's bad for the United States, but she actually thinks what happened to Canada-Mexico was bad, so they want some changes. All of this says that the market went, oh. It's going to be a tough time still. You mentioned that oftentimes today the market could go up because people suddenly have this money in their pockets that they sold yesterday and they want to find something else to put it in or to buy back. What happens today if it goes down again, though? Does does bad news beget bad news? Would we expect if it was a second big losing day that it would lead to more losing days? Or do we just expect sometime next week they're going to start buying back in? Yeah, so there's a couple terms that Wall Street likes to use. Uh, One is a bull market versus a bear market. And if you have more than a 20% switch from the height uh, you suddenly get into what's known as a bear market. So if the say the market was at 10,000 points and it falls to 8,000 points, oh my gosh, that's a big enough drop that now we're into a bear market and that changes the mentality of the buyers and sellers. Uh, also, there's a, a what they call a pullback. And so more than 10% is a pullback. Now, 600 points, as big as that sounds, when the market's trading at 20,000, it's really just 2.5%. It's not a huge loss on its own. And another day like that wouldn't really upset me my advice to all investors is buy stock that you believe in. And if you liked Apple or if you like Bank of Montreal or if you like Procter & Gamble yesterday, you should still like it today because their products haven't changed. It's the market sentiment that's causing the changes in value. is not anything the companies themselves have done. But there, there is this worry that we could self-cause our own recession. In other words, if we begin talking negative enough long enough, we can cause this. This is also why people like prime ministers and presidents try to use negative language very sparingly, at, at worst become neutral in their economic terms or otherwise glowing, because they know that some negative words from somebody in that position can cause dramatic repercussions. You mentioned the five companies that are the big ones, and, uh, and Apple has been at the center of this discussion. I want to go to that because you, again, touched on something that I, I wanted to get to, and that was Tim Cook wondering about people up re- redoing their phones. Check. Mm-hmm upgrading their phones. Have they been the authors of their own demise in some (laughs) sense for this? Simply by, there was a time when people would upgrade their phones if it was 400 bucks or 500 bucks. We're now talking a thousand, 1200 in Canadian money, Mm $1,300. You know, my phone's got to be in really rough shape for me to say, I got to spend $1,300 on a phone. Have they caused some of their own problems? Well, I'm going to say yes, but not in, not in the way you're suggesting. So, um, uh, Mr. Cook has led, Tim Cook has led the post-Steve Jobs years. And, of course, terrible loss to Apple having Steve Jobs pass away. And if I look at, at Tim Cook's years, what I see is the Apple iPad 2 and 3 and 5 and the iPad Air 2. and Not the, new. 
iPhone 10, but I don't see anything new. Mm. Uh, the only bit of new technology that came out under his watch was uh, truly the watch. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. The <laughs> Apple Watch, which has basically been met with a big yawn because it has to be tethered to the iPhone. It isn't the Dick Tracy watch we've all been hoping for. And and where's the next where's the next big technology, Tim? So I think it's a double whammy. Yes, they've been waiting on these upgrades, but as you're right, as they get more expensive and and how much more value? Oh, you know, I've got, I've got 80 megapixels in the camera rather than 40 megapixels. You can tell what color the toenail is from 100 yards away. Do I really need that? <laughs> no. Um, and so you're not giving me upgrades that I feel I need. You're making them high priced, and you're not actually coming up with the next tech. Uh, talk. For instance, just to contrast that with Facebook, you know, many people would tell you today that, well, maybe the bloom is off the rose at Facebook. They only have 2 billion subscribers and the number of people are not going up the way it once was going up. So, and when you talk to younger people, they go, oh, Facebook, that's what my dad uses. They're all on Instagram. Well, guess what? Facebook owns Instagram. So they, they already invested in the next generation. So whichever way it goes, they win. I'm just not sure where Apple's going. And I think this has been a question of the Tim Cook years. He's been a good steward, but he hasn't brought the next-gen stuff that's really going to keep Apple in the forefront 10, 15 years from now. We do have Adam Oldfield coming up at 11.30, but your choice, if you, I don't know if you ever thought of this, you mentioned the new tech. What was the new tech you wish they would invent? You ever thought about it? What you wish would no, come out? No, you see, and there's my problem, uh, Scott. I have to be quite candid with you. I never wanted a phone that took pictures. You know, a phone was something I spoke to grandma on. A camera was something I took pictures with. Uh, I swear to God this was invented by, by husbands who were sent shopping by their wives. And, honey, I don't know which detergent to buy. It is convenient for that. So I'll just take a picture of the shelf. You tell me which one you want. Oh, okay, there we go. I never wanted that combination. Well, a few people did, although maybe not for 1300 bucks a pop. We can find a $50 phone somewhere at Best Buy. Uh, Marvin Ryder, thanks for doing this today. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.